Hello, welcome to Over the Knee. I'm Cynical Dom on Tumblr, and I'm here with... I'm Amy Submits on Tumblr. So, I was talking with my friend at some point in the last week, and um, now that we're trying to podcast again regularly, I'm probably going to like be stealing things from all kinds of people I talk to. Just be warned if you talk to me. <laughs> but um, somehow we got talking about how um, we, her and I, as submissives, both feel like we like care too much about what other people think probably and that um we kind of have the shared experience of our dominance not um being inclined in that way and like that helps us um like if i'm caring too much about some random person's opinion um you usually can like see right through that and call it out for what it is and like explain why you disagree with that and why you agree with me and that like helps me to shut out disagreement from other people yeah um and she has that experience too and so it just got us wondering like is that a common thing do you think with dominance to care less about what other people think um probably i think there's probably like a, a gender difference too Oh, yeah. I, don't, I also thought it was funny because like, I kind of, we kind of thought it might be something that a lot of, indom of dominants are probably inclined to just worry less about other people, what other people think. But then at the same time, um, it's, it's obviously not like not caring at all what anyone thinks because um, if I think about somebody who doesn't care what anyone thinks, you know, that's kind of an asshole. Um, like, I'm sure there are a lot of people who call themselves dominance who don't, like, consider the opinions of others, and they think that's dominance, but that's not dominance to me, and her husband is a good guy, and so I know, like, obviously he's not that type of guy either, mm -hmm. but, um, so, like, do you feel like you have, like, how do you determine whether or not you care about somebody's opinion? Because obviously you care about my opinion a lot. Um, I think I, uh... I have to go over it a few times, like you go over like the first wipe and like wipe <laughs> wipe <laughs> I can't think of a better word. <laughs> I just like the word wipe <laughs> um the first pass, yeah, there you go. The first pass is, is this stupid? Does this make any sense? Like, is there any, like, logic to this? Like, I'm not going to just give this weight because it came out of somebody's mouth. And then, uh, like, the second and third passes are, like, are you ignoring something? Are you, uh, are you rationalizing something you don't want to admit? Oh, I see you. And then once you go through a few of those passes, and it's, yeah, this is wrong. But so if you determine from your own, you know, information or your own sense of logic that something is just wrong, then it never, it doesn't bother you anymore at all. No. How do you do that? <laughs> that's, that's bizarre. I don't know. Um, it does part of it come from, like, just your general opinion of the person, too, though? Because, like... Like, like sometimes it might not seem right to you, but if whatever you're talking about is something that they are, like, 
really experienced in, that would be a different situation, right? Sure, it gives you, that will affect, like, how much time and effort you're going to think about it. Like, that factors in. Like, if you, even if it's, even if they're not experienced, but you, like, know that person and trust them, then you're going to, like, that's going to widen the amount of time for that first pass of, like, is this actually correct? Like, let me give this a real fair shake because this person has, you know, trust, but mm-hmm. well, that's I, all it goes. I think it's interesting because, like, I definitely have times where I really strongly believe that I'm right, but I still am, like, shaken by somebody somebody's wrong opinion. <laughs> like, I don't know why, I guess. I'm not shaken, but it'll, like, make me mad. But it, I don't know, I'm more thinking about, like, politics and stuff. And it's like, why are you being so dumb on that? You're obviously wrong. Like, it almost feels like a betrayal. Oh, yeah. I think, like, this isn't really, I don't know why I'm talking about this. this, I wasn't planning for this to go here. I just think it's interesting. Like, I think, like, um, this, like, reminds me of how, Like, as a kid and as a teenager, uh, certain things, like, felt wrong to me. And, like, I had the sense, like, I think this person maybe is um, either just outright lying and making up a story. Or they're, like, really exaggerating this to, like, make themselves look a certain way. Or, you know, you just kind of get that gut feeling when somebody's talking sometimes that they're essentially telling a story and not being authentic. Mm -hmm. But for the longest time... I didn't listen to my own gut feeling on that. Like, it was still in the back of my head. Like, I don't know that I trust this person very much. But I wouldn't have felt comfortable with, like, really admitting that. Like, even to myself. And, like, I think, like, maybe it's almost like a, like, culture is the wrong word. But, like, I think there was something probably about the way I was raised where um, you just kind of don't, you just kind of don't do that because it's like it's almost like disrespectful to trust your own intuition over somebody, especially if they're like older than you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, like you just kind of act like you believe the BS. And like, isn't that kind of odd? Mm-hmm. And like, I think your family just doesn't do that. Interesting. Okay, I totally didn't mean for that to go there. <laughs> um. So then, kind of jumping back to something else that I was talking about with my friend, um, is um we both kind of felt that perhaps part of our desire to find people who um, agree with us on a lot of things and who, like, relate to our experiences very closely, who are, like, very similar to us, probably comes from um, an attempt to, like, seek community. Like, it's a sense of approval because that approval feels like a a connection and a a sense of community. Um, And so, like... I'm sure I'm not alone. Like, I think a lot of people, when they first find an online community for DS or even just start to recognize that they are submissive and that other people are submissive and that they aren't, like, a one-in-a-million freak like I I had thought I was before I found Tumblr, it's really comforting in that sense of just not being alone. And But it also gives you a sense of community to find, like, other people sharing, like, thoughts and experiences and desires that you can relate to. And so, like, that was huge for me. And it seemed like you were happy when we found Tumblr, but um, I I just think it's, like, less significant for you. 
Mm-hmm. And it seems like um, there's just very obviously very few dominance blog. And like part of what you had said earlier is like maybe it, like women are just more social, like with this me and my friend both being female submissives. But like there aren't really female dominant bloggers hardly either. Um, it just seems like there's a whole bunch of lady submissive bloggers and like a few male dom bloggers. And so like, do you think that dominants have less desire for community than submissives? I know I do. Well, I guess you could say like, you could say a question is why are there so fewer dominance blogging than sure. Yeah. Um, I think there's probably a bunch of reasons. Um, the, probably, I think the biggest one is I think there's way more submissives than there are dominants. Like probably oh. about like a factor of 10 at least. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I did know you thought that. But I guess I hadn't... But a lot of the submissives who write have partners, dominant partners. That's a good point. And they don't seem to write. That's a good point. I think another factor would be in the... Blogging about, like, something so personally or writing about it in general, I think, um, requires, like, a level of public vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And, like, I had, I had kind of thought of that, too, like, leading up to this, because um, I really can only think of, like, less than five dominant bloggers who post, like, more than a few times a month. And um, they they tend to be... Um, blogs that get a lot of asks and so they um, give advice or try to help people um, but they they tend to share not very much about their own personal experiences they don't really tell stories they don't really get vulnerable themselves and so I thought like maybe that's part of it you know Um, and I think um, like you you know you've written in the past or whatever um, but I think um, when you look at, like, how few dominant bloggers there are to begin with, and then you take the ones who, or, like, there are also bloggers who, they will do original content, like, that isn't asks, um, or but it'll essentially be, like, how-tos. It will be, like, guides or um, yeah, that ideas was, or theories. That, that was going to be my other point, was that there's, um, like, dominance that, like, the other lane besides... Uh, like personal experience is kind of instructional. Mm-hmm. And I think there's only like so much room in that lane. Right. Well, and I think that um, it, depending on like how old you are and how much experience you have and that sort of thing, like whether or not it's kind of socially acceptable to really, you know, like I don't think that like a young dominant who has like a year or two of experience is likely to be well received if they just do a bunch of like this is how y'all should do this Mm -hmm. like do you know what i'm saying like it just you're kind of an asshole so like you're just kind of it's too arrogant and it's too you have to you have to have some level of i don't know expertise feels like the wrong word but you have to like really be solid in your level of experience and education before you can kind of I think we may think that, but I don't think that's necessarily true for getting play on Tumblr. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure, like, you could, you know, you can be an 18-year-old and write something facelessly and somebody would share it, sure. But, like, I think, 
you know, if you're like a good dominant, you tend to kind of care about hmm. like the impact you're having on other people. And so you're not going to feel comfortable um, just randomly like assuming that you have the right to give advice to like random people. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I think like even like for me, obviously as a submissive, um, like I get asked that ask me for advice and I don't, I don't like hesitate to do that really at all. As long as it's something that like I can relate to in some way. Yeah. Um, like I'm not going to like give somebody advice on like how to be a little or how to be a slave or, or something that I have no experience in, you know, but, um, if somebody specifically asks me for advice, then I feel like it's normal to respond to that because I assume that they've read something, they, you know, get something out of something I've posted to where they feel like my opinion is worth something to them. And then it's clear that it's just my opinion. But that's very different from, like, how to be a good submissive 101. Like, I would never, ever write something like that. Like, I don't think, like, regardless of how long I had been around, like, because... I don't know. And I guess that's just a huge part of it, too. Like, there's so many ways to do DS. Like, there is no, like, you know, I think you can do, like, flogging 101. You can't really do submissive 101. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's, and so, if you're not specifically talking about kink, then it becomes hard to even do instructional stuff. Mm -hmm. But, um... Yeah, and so, like, there's certain... Anyway, I got way off in the weeds again. <laughs> there certainly are not very many dominant bloggers who are willing to share, like, personal stories or experiences and feelings and that sort of thing. Um, but I also... I kind of feel like that's a little bit true on the submissive side. There's a lot more people who will kind of be, like, a little bit vague and, like, sharing general ideas or beliefs and not really going to too much detail because it is really vulnerable and, like, you know, people are assholes on the internet sometimes. And so the more um, detailed you are, you know, you're potentially setting yourself up for more personalized criticism or whatever. Okay, so then this wasn't a, like an original question I had written down, but um, I wonder, like, do you think part of it is just people not, or dominance not um, appealing to Tumblr itself and maybe they would be open to community in other ways? Outside of Tumblr? Um, yeah, I think that could be true. I, I do think the number one thing is submissives vastly outweigh dominance. Yeah. Um, well, because, like, something that, like, kind of, like, it's, like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I remember when we first found Tumblr, or you found Tumblr, and then told me about it, and somewhere fairly early on um back when tumblr's search function actually worked it doesn't really work anymore um you had tried pretty hard to like deep dive and find some lesser known smaller dominant blogs just because of the few that are like active and commonly shared there's only like i said there's only like five to ten and so you had tried finding more digging deeper and um i think like there's kind of a lot out there that maybe dominants don't want to associate with like there are there's like a you know like i mean it's like it's a well-known joke thing to the welcome to my deep dark corner and yeah um you know like there are people who like clearly are just in it for kink and just trying to get pussy and <laughs> <laughs> um you know and it's not 
it's totally removed from our idea yeah. of dominance. And there's like also like the misogyny blogs. There's like a lot of like dark, ugly, um, and even just like um, people who have like degrading blogs and they don't make it clear whether or not like they actually think submissives are worthless or whether that's part of their king. Like if you don't make it clear it's part of your king, like you just kind of seem like a terrible person. And I think some of them are just terrible people. And so like I can understand how if if a a good dominant comes to Tumblr and sees kind of the ugly side of like quote unquote dominant blogs that are like hateful and misogynist and um or just out for kink or just out to use people or manipulate people or, or that kind of thing like just not wanting to associate publicly or socially like nah. you don't think that's it no um okay so then i think that would refer back to your first question about caring which side cares more about what other people think oh <laughs> i didn't even get to that <laughs> yeah well and i think um I, I certainly hope that that like good dominants don't um, avoid speaking out just because they don't want to kind of join that. Because um, if you are a good one, like it's a good thing to share what good dominance looks like, you know. So I hope that they would like speak up for their view of things, regardless of other people, you know. And like you said, I think like most dominants probably would. I was just thinking about that from my own brain. <laughs> um, and so um, this week I stumbled across um, a lot of people have who like asked for podcast um, recommendations from us. And um, we don't listen to a lot of like BDSM podcasts. And I think in part I don't want to because I don't want to like um, accidentally like copy ideas or um, like topics or things like that. But, um, like, years ago, we did listen to one called um, Adventures in BDSM, Royal Pair, I think it was called. And then um, I've seen a lot of people recommend um, Loving BDSM. Um, but we hadn't listened to that one. But I did listen to one YouTube video from them, and it was really good. So I do recommend it to people, but I'm not going to keep watching it just because, um, like I said, I don't want to, like, accidentally end up copying them. Mm -hmm. But... I'm admitting I did listen to one video and I did like this did like spark this idea for me. Um, so they were talking about how um, part of what they get out of going to like kink specific things, whether it's a munch or like they went to like some sort of a business meeting, she was saying. I, d I didn't fully understand what that was, but was that um, like for kink business people, I guess. Mm. Um, the, it's not really just about um whatever goes on at that event it's also just about um part of what she was saying that she feels they get away from it is they feel fully themselves and that um they usually feel like they are only like their full dominant and full submissive selves if they are completely alone like home alone without mm. kids or anything like that but that when they go to a kink specific thing they can have that feeling without being alone and so that that is it sounded like pretty empowering for them to be them their full selves around other people and like mm. the example she gave was that they can use titles so it's like within you know certain kink events it would be very normal to say sir or daddy or master in front of somebody else and it's kind of like liberating to be able to do that and like i thought that was interesting like we've never gone to anything in person and like we're major introverts and 
I don't think we ever will go to anything like that. It just seems, I don't know, maybe, I guess never say never, but it's not something that super pulls on us. But I thought that was interesting that that's, that they feel like they can be themselves at those events and not anywhere else fully. Like, do you feel like that? Do you feel like we're only fully us when we're home alone? Yeah. Really? How so? I think... I am shocked. I think, like, uh, it's not probably as dramatic as it is for probably most people. You mean most other DS people? Yeah. Yeah. Especially, like, people that don't live in kind of rural areas where kind of a more male-led relationship isn't that out of the ordinary. Oh. See, I hadn't even... That's funny. I hadn't even thought about that. I was thinking of it completely from a... um protocol perspective so you're saying like in certain like parts of the country or certain cultures essentially you would feel like you had to be very 50 50 around family members where maybe we don't have to because we kind of live in a little bit of a backwards area yeah that's super interesting because i've i have definitely talked to a lot of submissives who will say things like that they've like been like essentially publicly called out for like making their husband's their husband slash dominance plate at like a barbecue or, like, bringing him a drink or, like, asking for his input type of a mm-hmm. thing. And, like, I don't ever say, may I please have permission to X, Y, Z in front of other people. Like, honestly, I don't usually even word things that strictly if we're home alone. But, um, like, I'm sure I, I don't know if I always do. I'm sure I've made you a play. I'm sure I've brought you drinks, at things like that. And, like, that definitely doesn't raise any eyebrows in our families, Um, I think like both of our families are aware that I do most of the cooking at home. Like I've had family members stop over while I'm making dinner or even lunch or whatever. And I'll like finish making it and bring it to you in front of them. And nobody seems to care. Um, but like maybe if we couldn't do that, like if we would get black for those little things, like maybe that would be a lot harder and it would feel more like we were essentially kind of being fake in front of people where we needed to like go home and get that. What's that called? Reprieve? Sure. Um, but that's interesting because I don't, I don't think I really feel like that. I don't really feel like, um, I don't feel fake around other people, really. Yeah, I wouldn't say I feel fake. It just uh, maybe held back a little bit. Is it like a conscious thing for you? No. Hmm, that's interesting. Um no, and of course, like, the big one there is we don't use titles full-time yeah. anyway. And so, um, and, like, we're very relaxed when it comes to protocol. Like I said, I'm I don't, not usually going to say, may I please have permission to whatever. And so we don't have to reword things from our norm in general. Well, um, you, you, do, you do ask about a lot of stuff. I do. And I'm sure I do hold back, like... If I have, like, a family member here spending the night, I'm not going to, like, ask if I can turn down the thermostat, probably, in front of them, because, like, that's a little odd. But um, I think I do other little things, probably still, like, probably got to have a second to think of an insane. I just I remember one time you, like, making weird faces at me and me having no clue. When my sister was here. No, we were somewhere else. I had no clue what you were trying to communicate, and it was ended up you were asking permission for something. I think to... Oh, it was when we had the soda rule still, mm. wasn't it? Was that at your brother's house? Probably. I, I think remember. that's what that one was. Yeah. 
Like, I was just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not so good with gesturing slash made up sign language. <laughs> we. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I think like, um, I guess there's a lot of things that we do that are, like aren't really blatantly asking permission, but are more like seeking guidance or approval or yeah. for your opinion. Like, do you mind if I make this for dinner or um, things like that? Like, I would mm-hmm. wouldn't hesitate to say that in front of somebody else. Well, I think, like, the big one that, like, has made me feel a little awkward before is, like, if people will ask me, like, trying to kind of commit to some sort of, like, plan. Mm. Like, do you guys want to, like, come over on Saturday at this time? And, like, if you're not right there, like, ugh. Because, like, I don't feel like I can say yes without, like, running it past you. Like, I'm sure I have. Because, like, sometimes, like, if you're really in a pinch, like, you got to do what you got to do. But, um, and especially if it's something, like, I know that you'll be okay with. Mm. Um. But with other things, like, where, like, if I really don't know if you'll want to go, <laughs> or if I don't want to go, <laughs> then, um, it's like, I'll kind of try, I know I've done a thing before, it's like, I think we probably will, but let me talk to, I'm not going to say your name, but, um, to him, Steve. and I'll, I'll get back to you. And, like, I know one time, like, I wrote about it, because, um, I did that sort of a thing, and my sister-in-law, like, laughed, and was like, I'm sure he won't care, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> um <laughs> now people are gonna think your name is steve i didn't catch that for a second um you talked over it they didn't rude um interesting so in the sense in that you were saying that you do feel like it's a little bit different so then is it dramatic enough where you like essentially feel it when we like come home type of a thing or not really yeah like w- we both have that, you know, weird, you feel drained when you're in public and it feels nice at home. Oh, um, sure. But I think that's part of it, too. That's funny. Because, like, I de- of, co- of course, like you said, we both have that. And I definitely feel like, like, it's just normal for us. Like, if we go to some sort of social event, even if it's, like, like a niece or nephew's birthday party or something. Um, we're like relatively quiet while we're there and then like we get in the car and I like talk your ear off the whole way home because I'm kind of like spilling every thought I've had (laughs) and like you know and it's like it is kind of like unloading from filtering myself a little bit Mm -hmm. but it's not like it's funny because I definitely I'm definitely reserved in public settings but I, I guess I hadn't considered that some of that might be essentially like reserving part of my like submissive side because I'm just so used to being so reserved just as a whole person. Like I yeah. just hold myself back a lot in front of most people. I'm I do think shy. it's, yeah, I do think it's just a small part, but I do think it's part. That's interesting. Well, and I think that kind of makes sense too. Like I don't, you can cut this out if I'm not allowed to say this, but like sometimes when we do that, then we kind of come home and there's kind of like this rush of, like, we just kind of want to go to, like, being sexual pretty quickly. Like, do you mm-hmm. think that's part of why that happens sometimes? Yeah, part of it. I wonder if other Hmm. In my head, when I wrote this question down, it was tied into these other questions somehow, and now I'm not seeing the link. But I had also written down, um... Oh, no, I do know the connection now. <laughs> Don't be scared. Um, so then, in terms of being reserved 
like it's part of part of why we reserve like our the DS side is to avoid outing ourselves, right? In part, or just I guess avoid judgment if they don't understand that it's a DS thing, right? Um, well, just then. I don't want to be involved in other people's business like that, so I don't want to involve people in mine. <laughs> sure. It, like, it just seems... It's too intimate. It's too... Yeah. Um, it's just too private. And it's almost like, depending on exactly what, it can be inappropriate yeah. to expose other people to it. Sure. Um, but so somehow I jump from that to just how we're essentially protecting ourselves from being found out. And so then... Um, and we haven't like outed ourselves to anybody at all i mean other than all of tumblr (laughs) Um, this podcast we're doing (laughs) um so and obviously this where you're taking a risk by having a blog by having a a podcast and and all those things right so um knock on wood that it will never ever 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 happen but like what is your biggest fear if we were to be essentially outed or found out by obviously by people we know in real life. Um, I don't think there's like anything super to be afraid of. Like that probably would require like an uncomfortable conversation with a few people, <laughs> but I think it could be straightened out and everything would be fine. Because people know we're good people and we have a good relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's more the it's uncomfortable and like I don't like you said it's private. I don't want. But so you don't have a specific fear, really. It's just you just don't want to get that vulnerable with other people. Yeah. See, that's super interesting. Like, because um, my specific fear would be more for you, and I think like that's just logical because in a situation with a female submissive, like that would be where the brunt of it would go. It would be mm-hmm. like, what are you doing to her? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and. Um, that pisses me off to even think that. No, I think it's like, good. Like, do you know what I'm saying? And so, like, I just don't want to have to feel like, gosh, I didn't expect to get emotional. <laughs> um, like the idea of feeling like I have to would have to defend you upsets me because it's like, um, because it's like because the stereotype essentially is that it's abuse, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and like that. That just makes me so angry that it's like, I just, I can't even, I can't imagine putting myself in a situation where somebody we loved and who cared about us both would ever think that. Like, the idea of having to try to, like, convince or explain that to anybody who actually knows us, like, it's just so heartbreaking to me. Like, I can't. Um, But at the same time, like, (laughs) realistically, um, I do think that, like, people would get over it because I think... um, like, I'm sure they would, like, giggle behind closed doors or oh, whatever, yeah. you know? But um, I think, I guess that's, like, a big benefit of, um, like, we've been together for so long and our families are, you know, I I feel like your family's my family and mm-hmm. all that, obviously. Um, and so they would certainly be able to give us the benefit of the doubt, you know, like, and I think, like, honestly, I don't even know if I need to be given the benefit of the doubt. Like, it would come down to you. And my family loves you. And so, like, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a thing. But... Well, I think, like, it would have to come down to, like... I I'm assume they would do this beforehand, but it would be, like, have a conversation with her that I'm not around, that I can't influence what she says, 
and just ask her how she feels about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and I think, I don't know, like something, like I've talked to other submissives who have had families who have kind of negative reactions after they enter DS because they see a shift in the way that people interact. And so, like we said earlier, maybe part of that is like where you are in the country and sort of, um, I don't know, like people like joke about the Midwest being like two decades behind Mm -hmm. the coasts or whatever, culturally, you know, um, so maybe that's just part of it. But I think part of it maybe can be personality too. Like if somebody is submissive within a relationship, but they've always been like very uh, like bold and assertive and um, mm. don't take any shit from anybody. And then they see them get into this relationship and to this person, they are more um, accommodating or mm-hmm. um, whatever. It can be like what what has caused this change in you. Yeah. Um, whereas like, I just kind of have that, like, I've never been, like, a super assertive person in general. And so I think, like, maybe that kind of helps us a little bit, is that it kind of falls in line with my personality mm-hmm. a little bit. Because um, I do think, like, anytime you see a change in somebody, like, who you love, like, that can kind of raise an eyebrow, even if yeah. it doesn't seem like an inherently negative change. It's just, like, what sparked this, mm-hmm. you know? Um, no, it's kind of funny, like... Um, I watch Sister Wives, and um, so, you know, they kind of, they don't, like, outwardly say it, but it certainly seems apparent from the show that their religion kind of encourages some level of submission in women in, like, a family sense. And so, like, some of the um, adult daughters on that show are, like, now marrying off. And so I've seen, like, discussion in, like, forums related to the Sister Wives women where, like, they're surprised at how these the kids of the sister wives, even though they're getting married in monogamous relationships, how they are, um, they seem to act a little bit differently with their fiancés and husbands than they did when they were kids. And so it's like, essentially, where is her fire going kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And so like that's read like super negatively in these forums. And um, like I assume that exists whether it's like, religion inspired submission or just submission like people worry that it's a that something is being drained out of you as opposed to you giving it you know um but the other thing i'm like all over the place today like way more than usual i feel like um but like most people it seems like who i've talked to who have come out to somebody they don't usually come out to their family they usually come out to a friend Mm. and like I think, like, the same thing would be true within our friends, probably. I don't know. Um, like, the, in the sense that, like, they wouldn't, um, like, hate us or think that we're bad people or that you're abusing me if we were to be able to sit down and explain it. Mm-hmm. But, like, are there any, like, different or unique fears in that sense of coming out, like, outside of family? No. See, I think, like, that's kind of the downside. Because I think, like, for me, I would... And it, maybe it just comes back to the same thing, like wanting acceptance and a sense of community. I think like the idea of telling one of my friends, like I think I'd be more okay with you telling one of your friends than I would me one of mine. Because um, if they didn't get it, it would feel like such a rejection. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like I would just rather just not go that deep versus like risk. Mm-hmm rejection 
And I think like it would be especially hard because I think like if my friends didn't get it, it would be from a good place. It would be from a place of like, um, you know, feminism in the sense of like 50-50 equality and just not understanding that there are different. Um, yeah, it'd be like in the place of like, I can't co-sign you like if you were like with an abusive husband or something like Sure, but I think, like, I could, I think I, like, my one friend in particular, I think I could explain to her that this is something I want and get her to believe that, because, like, honestly, I feel like if I were to tell her, like, there would be things from our, like, teenage years that she could, like, look back on and be like, oh, this is kind of a sign of what was to come. I think I could point out those things that, like, this is who I've always been type of a thing. But I think, like, my one friend might really just think that if you're doing anything less than a 50-50 down the middle split that that's not true equality and just as opposed to like you take the apples and i take the oranges like no we both need to have half an apple and half an orange like too too strict of an idea of what equality can look like Mm -hmm. and like because that is like a good well-intentioned thing it would be hard to be like i know you have good intentions but you're wrong like that's just hard um i guess that kind of it does come a little bit for a circle so basically because it's, it's funny, because, like, I don't feel the need to come out to anybody in our real lives, but, like, I absolutely need this mess of submissive friends that I have now. Like, I can't imagine losing that. And it just doesn't seem like you have all that much desire to, like, have a dominant friend, you know? Which is interesting. I think, I don't know how uh, demonstrative that is of all dominance. I think I'm particularly... Uh, Socially maladjusted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm super hungry. I keep doing this thing where, like, I like I'm starving. Like, I almost think I might have like acid reflux or something. Cause it, like burns out of nowhere. Hmm. Um, if you have questions that you would like us to answer on future recordings, um, you can submit them to his blog, which is Cynical Dom on Tumblr, or mine, which is Amy Submits on Tumblr, um, and we'll answer them. Um, We both have the anonymous function available if you want to submit anonymously. Um, But please make sure either way to um, mention the podcast in the ask so that we'll know to answer it on the podcast instead of replying to it on our blogs. Goodbye. Bye. Say hi. (laughs) Say, I was quiet this time. Make some noises. (laughs) Say bye-bye. (laughs) She doesn't even cough when I pick her up.